The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinyamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinyamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Hallelujah. How many of you came with your Bibles? Could you please lift it up? If you came with a Bible. Jesus, my Savior. See, brother, friend. My, my prophet, respect my Lord, my life, my, Lord, my way. my Lord, my life, my way, my Lord. Lord, my life, my way, my end. Ooh, accept the praise I bring. See, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I'll become what it says I can become. I'll go where it says I can go. I will achieve what it says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. Come on, do it again. Say, I am a believer. If the Bible is yours, could you please turn to the book of Philippians, the Pauline epistle to the church at Philippi, the book of Philippians chapter number three, Philippians three. I want us to read a very popular verse in scripture and then we will pitch our tent there. Philippians third chapter. Philippians chapter number 3. Those of you that are looking for the book of Philippians in the Old Testament, you will find it in the New. Chapter number 3, there in the verse number 13, you'll find these words. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I read it again. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing do I. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. 
I want you to hold, put down your Bible and hold the hand of somebody. Um, you, this shouldn't be one is to one. The people in your row or anybody is fine, but touch somebody. And I want you to pray. The grace to move for the next level. Just lift your voice and pray to God. That God, as we wrap up with purpose, bring discovery and the tenacity that is required for destiny fulfillment into the spirit of my neighbor. I want that to be a prayer that comes out of your heart, jumps out of your spirit, and moves into time. I want you to pray. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, sweet spirit of God. Thank you, sweet spirit of God. Let your voice be lifted. Kadada bosha. Ligrado sheke de 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 de. Rakodo boshanda da 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 da. Igrado sendele bede kadaboshanda da da da. Ligrado sede de 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 boshanda da 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 da. Let nobody walk out of this place, oh God, the same. Bring a word, oh God, a word in season to somebody's life. We program what the enemy wanted to destroy. We decode whatever they had put a stampede or a blockade on. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for liberation in the spirit. Oh, that our spirits will be ready to receive. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. We know that the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that you give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, O oh God. Make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life. To the end, our voices shall be lifted in praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Now, before you take your seats, I want you to look for three people and tell them you need to still press through. Look at somebody and tell the person, press through. Hallelujah. If you've done that, you can take your seats. Um, interestingly, this whole month of February, we are supposed to be preaching, and that is what we're supposed to do. Three weeks out of the four Sundays, we are doing some things on love. Um, we have one day out of that to be able to do pastoral works. I felt that my one day out of the four days, four Sundays, I can use it to wrap up what we started in the course of January. In January, we started with purpose. That once a man discovers his purpose, um, he gets closer to fulfillment of destiny. Your purpose is synonymous to your destiny. Once you are able to identify why you are here, then you can focus all your attention and energy to what God had called you um, to do and to become. I quite remember that we said that once you discover purpose, you need to pursue it. In pursuing your purpose, there are things that you are supposed to take notice of. We also went on further to say that there is pain associated with any purpose that God will bring you into this world to fulfill. You are not going to have it on a silver platter. There, are, there is pain. There, is, uh, there are things that are uncomfortable that you will find even as you journey on the pathway of uh, destiny fulfillment or of purpose. I believe that it blessed you. 
Um, last week we did another thing on purpose as well. And I told you that once God had placed anything in your heart, God expects you to go ahead and just do it. Um, it is interesting that those words, um, um, we know of them because even Nike has as its own motto or tagline, do it. We just added just to it. And so you just do what you are called to do, the purposes for which God has brought you into the land of the living. You pursue them, you move towards that and we believe that if you do that god will bless you today i want to do something very brief with what paul the apostle wrote in his epistle to the church at philippi um, everybody here will agree with me that you are not here to be a mere statistic you are here to add to what god to bring great value or add some value to what god had already um, put in this world or in this earth um, the apostles came and they did same, and God will expect you not to be any different. You are supposed to do even much more since we claim that we are in the dispensation of grace. Now, grace does not mean that you don't work. Grace does not mean that you sit down. Grace means that um, if you put in an effort, God will amplify the effort that you put in. That's what grace does. Grace does not exclude um, the providence that work brings. Grace only makes sure that you get more than you had put in. That's what grace does. Grace does not necessarily mean that because we live in an era of grace, nothing else must be done. It is important that we get to that point in our Christian walk and get to a place where we can appreciate the, the various things that God has done even before we came here. So that when we journey on, when we begin to move, when we begin to fly, things will not be problematic for us. Paul is writing a test to the church in Philippi, and he begins to talk about his passion for the work. I strongly believe that in pursuing purpose and in fulfilling what God had brought you into this world for, one of the things that you cannot exclude is passion you should be passionate about everything that you do if you are selling you should be passionate about selling actually whatever thing that you are doing whether it is a virtue or a vice you need to be passionate about it tell somebody you need to develop some passion uh, you get you hear that football coaches will say that well why didn't you win the match why did you play like that your play was lethargic things were not um, in sync and why was that and you say that my players lacked passion it tells you that when you have passion you can surmount the hardest of opposition no matter your position if you are passionate about what you are doing god will give you the grace to be able to overcome them passion is required in going about what god has called you to do if god wants you to be a political giant you need to be passionate about it if god wants you to set up businesses you have to be passionate about it i quite remember in the course of the week a lady called me somebody that i've known for over 20 years called me and said unto me that I have some money, I want to work, I want to do something outside what I do because she is in the medical field. And I said unto her that, okay, since you have the money, may, may I please ask you, what 
is your passion? She asked me, what has passion gotten to do with what I have to do? I said, if you don't have passion about what you want to do, if you meet obstacles, you will chicken out. Passion is something that you require. If you are going to set up any business, if you're going to do any enterprise, and if you are going to succeed in them, you have to be passionate about it. If you're going to be a preacher, par excellence, if you are going to be an apostle of your time, if you are going to be a bishop, if you're going to be a prophet, an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, whatever, if you're going to sing, if you're going to set up a business, run a boutique, run um, a hair center, run um, um, a cosmetological enterprise or institution to train people in cosmetology, you need to be passionate about it. I have heard, and today I was telling my wife, I don't know why that song keeps coming back to me, um, a reggae song that I, I, it just jumped in my spirit, although I have not listened to it for a very long time. Um, um, it was a song sung by one popular Jamaican. He said, I woke up in the morning with a funny feeling. How many of you have heard that before? Woke up in the morning with a funny, funny feeling. And that feeling was an unusual feeling. And so I went to the doctor to check what was wrong with me. And the doctor said, you have reggae myelitis. If you have ever heard that song before, what that songwriter was saying is that there is something about me that I can't even have control of because the thing is embedded in my spirit. And if you are talking about reggae, he's saying that reggae is a disease in his spirit. He has a reggae myelitis. Maybe some people have to get to a point where you have Christian titus or you have you have gotten to a place where that vision and the dream and the ambition God has placed in your inside or in your spirit, man, is like a disease, is like an addiction that there can't be any separation or a decoupling between you and what you feel. God has placed something on the inside of you and what God is expecting you to have is to have an addiction to purpose. I just pray that God will ignite some passion and purpose in the life of people that are under the sound of my voice. Whatever he has placed, tap somebody and tell the person you need passion for what God has placed on the inside of you. He said, I woke up in the morning with an unusual feeling. The song is still playing in my ears. And that feeling was an unusual feeling. And he said, I went to the doctor to check what's the matter. What's wrong with me? The doctor checked and said, son, you have reggae myelitis. I just pray that some of us will have evangelistic myelitis, will have a prophetic myelitis, will have um, entrepreneurial myelitis. Everything you see, you see dreams, you see purpose purposes you see opportunities in everything that your life comes into contact with we pray and we ignite and we open the doors for you to begin to see opportunities all around you and may the lord ignite that passion can i pray for somebody before i continue with the test may the lord god ignite some passion in your spirit man that whatever he has placed on the inside of you you will pursue and you will overtake you and you will recover it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at somebody and tap the person and say, you need some passion. Whatever you are going to do and become, whatever, please take your seats, whatever you are going to achieve in this world, you need passion. Passion will cause you to do the unusual. Passion will cause you to leap over the walls and run through the troops and and you can walk in a crocodile infested river just to get to a place where God wants you to get to. Once you have passion, there is nothing called impossible. Passion. Paul, writing this beautiful epistle 
saying that I am not sick. There is nothing wrong with me. I, I have something on the inside of me. I might be incarcerated, but there is passion on the inside. There are things that are not going the way I expect them to go, but there is passion on the inside of me. I have passion. Paul was writing to the church in Philippi, and in the chapter number three, he was talking to them. The verse number one, he brings his usual salutation that makes it easy for us to identify that this is a Pauline epistle. He, he salutes the church, and he begins to talk about the fact that for us as Christians, we don't glory in the flesh. Our resume is not flesh-driven. He talked to them, and he said, um, he is circumcised and of the circumcision and all the things that has happened to him. He still doesn't see that that is a cause for them as, as Jews. And for that matter as Christians. Um, to glory in the flesh. He went on further to say that if anybody even wants to talk about the flesh and glory in the flesh. Then I should be the first to talk about it. Because as a Jew I was circumcised on the eighth day. He said, concerning the law, I'm a Pharisee. He said, concerning righteousness, I am blameless. He spoke about things. He, he brought his resume to bear and he was telling them of his accomplishment and things that he was able to do. He, he said, concerning the zeal that we have for our faith, the passion that we have, I persecuted the church. It's the same Philippians chapter 3. He said that I persecuted the church and that adds to my CV. Everything about me talks about the passion that I had to uphold the integrity of the law. But I've come to a place where I have realized that when it comes to where we need to go, you should not concentrate on what you have accomplished. In talking about purpose, one of the things that will make sense to you, and even as we call this year a year of pursuit, what will make sense to you is when you begin to Put a blanket on the things that you have experienced or what you have accomplished. And begin to press towards the mark. The mark in the Hebrew is the goal. In the Greek, it translates the goal. What you have set out to do. Before the year started, you probably had your New Year resolution. You had things that you wanted to accomplish. You had, you had a dream. You had, that's Martin Luther King. You had a dream. You had something that he said. This is something I want to achieve before the year ends and that becomes your goal. Paul is saying that when it comes to goals and where I wish to get to, that I know that there are things that I've been able to accomplish. But now I don't count them anymore. He says that I count them as dung. Those of you that do not know what dung is, he's saying that I count them as rubbish. He's saying that those things, although I've been able to get through um, the law school to be a Pharisee, I have been blameless in righteousness. I live right the way I think is fit for righteousness. I do all the things that are supposed to be done, but I've gotten to a place as a believer that I know that all the things that are behind me are worthless. Paul, in getting out of my introduction, is talking about has not been proud with our past achievements. You have been able to set up something. You've done well. But Paul is saying that when it comes to the mark, what I have accomplished before, I rubbish it. And I press towards the mark. 
I don't just look at it. I press, I push through it. And on this beautiful Sunday, I want to talk to you about what Paul was sharing with the church of Philippi. The importance of pressing towards the mark. That when you set a goal, when you begin to see that this is where God wants me to get to. The things that you are supposed to add in your pack. Things that you are supposed to put inside your backpack. Even as you journey through the pages of life. Paul, looking at his fantastic resume. Beautiful resume. Said, I'm a tent maker. I'm an apostle. I'm an author. I have baptized people. I have raised sons. I do many great things, but all the things I count them as dung, I put them behind me. Because when it comes to God, his messes are new every morning, so are his directions. So God will not want you to glory in what you have achieved or accomplished. You might have been able to set up certain things or attain certain status in the society, but that is not the end to it. Paul was telling the church that that is not the end to your life story. For me as Paul, I forget about the things that are behind me. What are the things behind him? Immediately he makes an accomplishment or an achievement. He says that this is done, but what is there to be done again? What territories are there to be conquered? That is what is supposed to reverberate in the soul of a believer who has received and accepted Christ as his Lord and his personal Savior. That every time he gives you an opportunity to live, he's saying that you have to break yourself free from the shackles of your own self-righteousness and get to a place where you can look at the mark and say that this is where he wants me to get to. I was telling somebody that we are all work in progress whether you have been saved for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, or you are a two-week-old born-again believer. Because the day that your acts and um, the process of righteousness and holiness are fully accomplished, that is the day that you will make heaven completely. And you wouldn't have a place to stay here on earth, but... Paul was saying that we are work in progress and even in righteousness. I count myself as not yet accomplished because I, I know that I've been saved by grace. Once I was a sinner saved by grace, on, the way, on, the, on my way to Damascus, I had an encounter, but I still count that as nothing. So when you become born again and you begin to talk tongues, speak in tongues, you become a tongue-talking believer and begin to do many great things, many mighty things. Paul is saying that you don't get to a place where you become complacent because there is still more to be done. You laid your hands on somebody and the person fell and you thought that that was the end of ministry. Oh, I, I, I lay hands on the sick and the sick gets healed. Yes, it's good. But Paul is saying that I don't deem that as an accomplishment. But there is a mark. Paul is saying, I have set the marker. There is a standard. There is something that God has placed ahead of me. And that is where I am pressing to get. 
He used the word press to tell you that going there is not going to be easy. When God gives you a vision, last week I spoke to you that you just do it. But when I was having my quiet time, I realized that in doing it, there are things that will come against you that you still need to press through it. When God says that I want you to do this, and that becomes the goal. Paul said, my eyes are on the price of the high calling. The goal, the mark, the objective, what God has placed in front of me is what I am driving towards. Paul is saying that when I am doing that, when I am driving towards that, there are going to be resistance, but I need to press through. So life is not going to throw you a hand out. You're not going to have it easy. It's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Even those that have things on a silver platter will tell you they even have to work harder to keep them on the platter. And so it is not going to hand things to you on a platter of gold. It's not going to happen like that. That things are going to come to you because you are. Things are going to happen because last week I told you sometimes you need to force a result. This week, I'm telling you that even in the midst of forcing a result, you will need to press through certain things in order for you to accomplish what God has placed in front of you. It's not going to come easy. But you need the tenacity on the inside to tell you that this is what is my mark. This is the goal. God has told me that I'm going to run the biggest financial institution in the country and that is what I know in my spirit and so even though the things are not showing there are no indicators to tell me that this is where I am going I still have to press my way through it if God is saying that I'm going to make you the president of the of the Republic of Ghana and you look around and you tell that there are things that are saying otherwise you just have to watch the price and the goal the objective and tell yourself that this is the mark and I'm going to press through it so there are things that are going to tell you it is impossible paul said when it comes to the goal that god will give or ignite in my spirit although i have passion i still have to press through so that when i get the mark of the high calling i can say that i have fought the good fight and i have run the race and i am ready i just pray that when god gives you a vision you will not sit down and wait for people to sideline my line or undermine you you will press tap somebody and say i press i'm just getting warmed up tap somebody else and tell the person i press because you see when god sets the prize ahead of you you are going to meet so many things that are going to tell you no it is impossible but paul said when it comes to the mark there is only one thing i do i forget about my accomplishment and so yesterday you made a million thank god for your life but please forget about that why because his messes are new every morning god can do so much more for you than he has ever done before in your life what god is expecting you to to do is to forget about the things that you have accomplished so far and press Paul said I am an apostle for me touching the law I know the law more than any of the apostles I'm a Pharisee by training concerning zeal 
I persecuted the church. I did not need a warrant. I chose to do it. He said concerning circumcision. Well, mine did not pass by a day. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I have done so much in the flesh. But Paul is saying that when it comes to what accomplishments are, I forget about what I have been able to accomplish so far. Because if God has given me the opportunity to live, it means that he has something in store for me. If God thought he was through with me, he would have called me home. But as long as there is breath and life on the inside of me, it means that there is so much more that he wants me to do. I just pray that anybody under the sound of my voice will not get to a place where you become uh, you, you become complacent but you will get to a place in your Christian walk that you know that God still has so much in store for you Paul said I forget about it I've done great things you set up three companies and so you are proud of that well somebody has 40 you have employed 30 people. Well, somebody has over 10,000. You have 10,000 people. Somebody has employed a million. You have a million. Somebody has employed more. You have this and you are complacent. No. It tells you that you have not caught up the revelation of Christian provision. That the God that you serve is Yahweh Yireh. The God who goes ahead of his people and makes provision for them before they get there. What I am trying to tell you, people of God, is that where God is taking you to is bigger than where you are. And even though you think that you have accomplished something right now, you shouldn't be complacent where you are because where you are is just the beginning of what God actually wants you to do and so you might have accomplished something i applaud you i thank god for your life i give you a standing ovation for where you have gotten to but i came to challenge you that you still have so much gas in your tank that you can run and drive so many miles without running out of gas in your tank if you can only move god is going to direct you and every place that the soles of your feet are tread upon god will give you that place as your portion of the inheritance i just hear the song that's been sung in my spirit man i'm pressing on the upward way new heights i am gaining every day still praying as i'm onward bound god plant my feet on higher grounds i just came to tell somebody that even as you press on god will plant your feet on higher grounds there are things that might not tell you you can accomplish them but god is telling me to tell you that just keep on pressing Tell somebody keep on pressing. So in pressing on, Paul is saying, in this epistle, it's called an episcopal liturgy to the church at Philippi. And he's writing to them and he's telling them that for me, I am able to forget I have selective amnesia. I, ha I can forget. I can forget because I have chosen to forget. It's not that I am forgetful, but I know that if it is God, if Christ is in my vessel, then I'll smile at a storm. I can press through. I can push through. I can accomplish more. For me, I have selective amnesia because I can forget it. And if I forget, I know there is a mark. But in attaining the mark, I have to have the spirit of press. Press. The same word etymologically from the same root origin 
as pressure. I put pressure. When there is a resistance, I press. When there is an obstacle and I need a miracle, I press. I don't just wait. I press. I press towards the mark. I press towards it. What is Paul saying? Paul was driving. If you look at the test in itself, Paul was driving his inspiration from what the fathers, the patriarchs of our faith had gone through. And Paul could remember and resonate with it. had something with, to do in common with the life of a man like Joseph who, when his brothers would throw him into, into the dungeon, he would still have the goal ahead of him and say that I am going this way and I will not allow anything to stop me. Paul could reflect and has something in common to share with a man called David. When David, the Bible talks about um, when his own brothers had told him that you know you cannot. This is impossible. Um, who are you? You, 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 are, you are too rude. You, you think you know it all. Paul was saying that in trying to attain the mark, you meet what is called discouragement. And so I'm sharing with you the three D's in pressing before my time is exhausted. The first D is discouragement. When you begin to press towards your mark there are people that will come to you and tell you that this has never been done by anybody before yes it's never been done by anybody before because nobody of my caliber has come before I am uniquely me placed in this world to fulfill a mandate that God has placed on my life I am uniquely different that is why nobody has been able to accomplish it before because nobody has been able to accomplish it before that's doesn't mean that there is nobody like me doesn't mean that I cannot accomplish it nobody has been able to accomplish it because that thing was waiting for me to come and as long as I am here I am here to break every barrier to set new records I came to pray for you maybe nobody in your family has risen before nobody from your father's side has risen to that level nobody from your mother's lineage has been destined to rule to rise and to reign but that is why God brought you into the land of the living in such a time as this so that you can write your own history. Am I speaking to a history maker? Somebody that God wants you to write your own history. You are not going to repeat the history of the people in your family but God brought you into this world to rewrite history. To write a new chapter. Check. What is called the ethos and the pathos of the test. And the ethos and the pathos of the test suggest the tension and the pressure. The pain and the agony. In the spirit man of Paul, whilst he was writing the letter, he was saying that I press because on your journey to destiny fulfillment, you will be discouraged by people. Discouragement is a part of the story. And David will rise and he has seen that there is a Goliath of God who is defying the armies of Israel and who say that no, I am not anointed to sit in the palace I am anointed to kill giants I pray that God will give you an anointing that wherever you stand that you see giants, you will not run away because they look tall and huge but you, you stand up to them and tell them, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the Ayadadabosha may the Lord God bring you to that place in your Christian walk where you don't run in the midst of adversity but you are able to tell them you don't belong here 
he has seen Goliath of Gath. And he's saying, Goliath is going to go down. Finally, he's about to go down. <laughs> saying that Goliath is about to go down. And his brothers tell him, who are you? You can't do this. It's never been done. The king is running away. Haven't you seen that we are trained soldiers and we are even running away? David was able to look at his brothers and say unto them, Is there not a cause? You are my brother. We came from the same mother. We came from the same father. But there is a DNA. There is a wiring in me that will not allow me to settle for less. I am programmed for something bigger. You can run away from a giant, but I will press through until I find. I pray that may God give you the ability to press through any resistance in spite of the discouragement People will not encourage you. The first D is that there is going to be discouragement. But in the midst of discouragement, you press. It's not just people who will discourage you. Events might discourage you. Imagine you are working for or working in a company. And in spite of all the good you are doing, they still don't see it. And when there is a promotion... They bypass you and give it to another person. And yet you know that the, everything and most of the things are on your shoulders. It is easy for you to be discouraged and throw in the towel. But Paul is saying that when it comes to destiny fulfillment, I have realized that discouragement is a part of the story. And I press. I don't run away because I'm discouraged. I press. Ah. You've read 1 Samuel chapter number 30 and all of that before. And when the Bible talks about um, David coming from war, the war that he wasn't even allowed to participate, he gets home and everything had been vandalized. There has been burglary. They are taking their wives, the kids, and everybody away. And when he got there, you could see the disappointment in his face when his own people had come against him. Let me tell you something. In the midst of destiny pursuit, there are signs of disappointment you will meet. That there are people who go to war with you, come back and still talk bad about you. They said, the Bible says that they wanted to stone him. They had forgotten so quickly that when they were nobodies, it took this same man, David, to make warriors out of them. And they still wanted to kill a David in the midst of that adversity. But David, even though he was disappointed, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. I just pray for somebody that no matter the disappointment that will come around you, in 2019, as you pursue destiny program you will overlook any disappointment in fact i pray for you that any disappointment you have encountered in the years gone by as you journey through 2019 may the lord god convert every disappointment into a divine appointment david disappointed in his people but still trusting in god who gave you the vision? Who told you this is where I want you to get to? Who had placed that purpose in your spirit?
who ignited that passion. So if there is a disappointment from people, thankfully, that God has not disappointed me yet. There is a song they've sung in this church many times. Never failed me yet. There is a God who never fails. I believe that he hadn't failed you before. And I don't think he's about to start that with you now. I pray that in 2019, may your God who has... Can I, can I pray for somebody? I have some few minutes. Can I pray for you before I continue? May the Lord God himself who has called you by name uphold the integrity of his word over your life. He hasn't failed before. He won't fail you now. David came back, was staring disappointment in the face. I thought I was doing the right thing. The people, the same people have turned their backs on me. He should have just said, okay, I quit. But the Bible says he encouraged himself. The, the, Philippians chapter 3, I said it some few minutes ago. The ethos and the pathos of the test in your hermeneutics will tell you that the man had pain in his heart. He could sense, you could sense the tension in his test. How people had made him feel over the years. I told you a while ago that Paul was a very short man, about four feet six inches tall. He was a very short man, but in the spirit, he was a giant. He said this He said, I have been pressed on every side. Paul understood that to get to where God wants you to get to, you are not just going to walk, have it as a walk in the park. You're not going to just go through the motions. There is going to be a time that you will be discouraged by people. They will tell you that nobody has set up a business for it to do well in this part of the world. Why do you want to be the first person to start? They are killing an entrepreneurial drive that you have. You might have that grace for entrepreneurship and you want to set up a business and everything around you is killing it. They are telling you, but you don't have the skill. You don't have the, you don't have the physical appeal to be able to get there. Paul did not have the physical appeal. He did not have the skill. I can tell you that Paul was a good writer, but a poor speaker. Because he, the same Paul that we are quoting, the Bible says that at one point in the book of Acts, Paul was preaching in a church. And somebody, he was so boring that Paul made this guy sleep in the midst of the sermon. And that guy fell off through the window and the guy broke the neck and died thankfully he was apostolic enough in his spirit that he was able to lay hands on the same person that died and brought the person back to life Paul was a poor speaker but a good writer. Paul knew that as far as destiny is concerned I am not supposed to elevate my weaknesses. It is my strength that I'm supposed to use to fight through the journey of life. I pray that in the midst of discouragement your strength will not be will not be overthrown by your own doings. In spite of the disappointments you will still move through and do all the things. God. Look at somebody and tell the person I just need to press through. 
can I, can I, can I conclude the sermon in this way? Tap three people, look for three people. Tell them that you just need to press on. Come on, look for three people. Tell them, neighbor, you just need to press on. Oh, tell the person, neighbor, you just need to press on. Where you have gotten to, that's not where God wants you to be. God wants you to start from where you ended yesterday. So the accomplishments of yesterday is the foundation for what God wants to do today and tomorrow. The word Paul used is that I don't consider or count myself as though I have apprehended. Now let me break it down in simple English for you to understand. What Paul is saying is that I don't see that I have arrived yet. Paul is saying that although I have done so much, I don't think I have arrived. So Paul is telling you that if you are here and you are thinking you've arrived, you are making a mistake. Paul was saying, in spite of my fantastic resume, in theology we call it propitious pedigree. In spite of his propitious pedigree, propitiation, propitious. In spite of his propitious pedigree, he still doesn't consider as though he has arrived. You bought two cars? You think you have arrived? Paul said, I don't consider that I've arrived yet. You have been able to plant 100 churches and you think you have arrived? Paul said, I don't consider myself as though I have apprehended. What the devil uses to cut glory from people is instant gratification. When you begin to feel that this is all that there is to it, your anointing, God has anointed you to do his work. Whether it is to sing or to preach or to minister or to go about and do all the things he wants you to. The day you realize that, oh, now I know, that's the day you, you stop growing. And you don't become what God wants you to become. Paul said, that is not what I do. I don't consider myself as though I've apprehended. But I press. There will be this discouragement. But press. There'll be disappointment. But press. As you journey through 2019, may the Lord God give you that zeal never to take no for an answer. There is a popular book in human resource management very popular book it's called getting past no getting past no you have to get to a place where you don't take no for an answer in your pursuit of destiny you don't take no for an answer even though no is the obvious the reason for a press means there is going to be resistance. Things are going to stop you, but press your way through. 
run through the troops, leap over the walls. Make sure you don't settle for less. Can you hold somebody's hand even as I pray with you? Because my time is up. Father, this one thing we do. Paul said we should have selective amnesia. That we are able to forget about the past. And we press the grace to forget about the past. That we will not be saddled with the shackles of yesterday's accomplishments. The fact that you were able to get a deal done yesterday doesn't mean there are no more deals to be done. There are many more deals to be done. There are many more souls to be won. There are many more territories to be conquered. I want you to lift up your voice and pray that God grant me that power, that zeal, that, that what it takes, what it requires, not to be complacent, not to settle. They are saying to you that you are a good public speaker and because of that you think that you have accomplished it. You know you have not. There are so many more territories to be taken. There are many great things God will want you to do. Come on, lift your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our voice to you today and we pray unto you the God of our salvation. Today, as our voices are lifted, our prayers are simple. That the grace and the ability to do more than we can ever imagine, think, or even ask. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The grace to do more. The grace to be, to be accomplishers. The grace to get to a place where, where we can say that we have run the race. The grace to be able to run the race and finish the journey. The grace to be able to do much more than they can ever imagine, think, or even ask in the name of Jesus. The grace, the grace, the grace to, to press through the discouragement to press through the disappointments, to press through all the things that the enemy will bring against us, to press, 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 press, press. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamache. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.